okay, how are you going to go from 50 to 100? It's a mix of two things, I'd say. Staying excellent on the basics, on the things that made you succeed when you opened the countries, and also introduce some changes that will help you to go next steps. here with me for another episode of International Corner, the podcast that helps you open and thrive in foreign markets. This is Steve here speaking, and today I am thrilled to have with me Caroline Sauvergrand, CEO UK at Theodo. Theodo is a B2B technological consultancy firm, and she took over the UK subsidiary after they reached the first £7 million of revenue there. And she shares today how to take your company from the country launching phase to the scaling phase using her story at Theodo in the UK. So if you're looking for a path to successfully scale your business in a foreign country, believe me, you do not want to miss this episode. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for joining International Corner today. How are you doing? I'm okay. Thank you. How are you? I'm good as well, thanks. I'm very excited about our upcoming conversation. So interested to hear from your experience because you went, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, at Tiodo for a long time now in France and in the UK now. So, but perhaps before unpacking everything, can you start by introducing yourself, Tiodo, and and your history, perhaps, uh, and your current role there? Okay, of course. Um, so yeah, so well, my name is Caroline Sauvegrain or Caroline in English. Um, I am currently the CEO of Theodo UK and also the CEO of Theodo France. So probably yeah, a word about Theodo. So we are a uh, tech consultancy firm. We build bespoke uh, digital products for our clients. And our clients are uh, businesses in different industries. So to give you an example in the UK, we built the app for the BBC So they have a brand called BBC Food and like it displays like hundreds and thousands of recipes. And so we made the app or we did uh, Made.com. Made.com is a furniture uh, brand. And I guess I think it's known in both countries. So, yeah, so we, we do this kind of, of uh, products, digital products on web, on mobile. Uh, we, do, we do also data, we do uh, DevOps. Yeah, so we, we kind of like are the go-to if you want to do a bespoke digital strategy. Uh, we are 600, currently 500 in France because we were like created in France and we are currently expanding worldwide with 100 people in London, New York and Casablanca in Morocco. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and a word about my story. Uh, so yeah, I, I joined Theodo in 2015 right after graduating from a French business school. Uh, and, you know, by that time, uh, I was seriously considering to become a history teacher. So it was like kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, I was very lucky, actually, to meet Theodo. Um, the thing is, why I joined Theodo, so I had different experience before joining Theodo in different company in different corporates. Mm -hmm. And I think, like... Um, Many people of our generation, 
uh, I didn't really felt useful in these companies and was really struggling to see the impact of what I was doing on my day-to-day to the success of the company. So I think it's something that we, our generation is really like um, in demand of like meaning at work and like clarity on the vision and like why we do things. And so like everyone else, I was a little bit lost. So I was, I was seriously considering to uh, become a teacher because I was uh, like looking to feel useful for society. So, uh, but I met, I met Theodo thanks to my first manager, Simon. And um, the company was just launching uh, and the founder's vision about like work should be a place where everyone can uh, grow. And also like there was an absolute dedication to fight against waste because waste is meaningless, right? So if you fight against waste, like you, you, you're trying to only spend time on things that matter. This vision compelled me. And yeah, here I am seven, seven years later. <laughs> I turn and I'm, I'm still I'm still there because it's still the truth. I think like we, we're still trying to, to do to fighting against ways and like create meaning around us. I've taken different positions for the last seven years, obviously. So I started as an agile coach. Mm-hmm. I've done some recruitment uh, where I learned a lot. Uh, I was account manager. I was a project director. Uh, I was head of sales uh, for Theodore France, and I was also COO which I am currently in France. And finally, CEO of Theodore UK. What a story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's, a, long, it's a long journey. Um, and yeah, you, so you asked also like my current role. So CEO of Theodore UK. So I am in charge of the strategy and the growth of uh, Theodore UK. You could say like, why? Why do we want to grow in the UK? Why I am in charge of the growth of Theodore UK, right? Because we are already 50. It's really cool. And so, yeah, why uh, why I'm in charge of the growth? So, we in the vision we have uh, in Theodore, we 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 want to become um, leaders in Europe in what we do. So, like in like software consultancy, and the UK is the first country we launched after France, because of course the UK was like the biggest market after France for tech in Europe. And also very close to the USA, thanks to the language. And um, it was like kind of the first gateway to going bigger worldwide. And so we we chose to try to grow in the UK, to go big in the UK, and then learn many, many things in the UK to then get ready to open uh, new countries after the UK. I think it's one of the strategies that lots of companies are actually doing as well, trying to, I would say... Uh, do a little selling, uh, understand the UK market and then go there. But that's also the reason why you have so much competition in there because everyone is going there. So I'm guessing as well, this might be one of your challenges in the UK or perhaps not, but that's usually what we face a lot because you have competition from the US coming to Europe, from Europe going to the US after and, you know, from Middle East, etc. going to Europe. So it's, uh, you know, like a, a place where there are many, many actors there. So it's not always so easy, you know, to find the right spot to go into that and to break into that market, sorry. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you're right. And I mean, I felt it when I joined. Uh, in a way, um, competition is is fierce in the UK, more than in France, for, for many reasons. And uh, one of the reasons is like the language. So in France, the, the fact that we, we, we speak French is is kind of protecting us in a way because like a French client 
we will probably, uh, in most cases, look for um, a consultancy firm that speaks French. And then French-speaking companies are basically in France and in some other countries. Uh, mm-hmm. in Northern Africa or in Asia, but like it's it's small. When were you in the UK? When you are UK client, when you are UK corporate, you you're looking for some people to solve your problem that speak English. You have the world, and so suddenly through the UK you are competing against British companies, but also I don't know like American companies, Asian companies, every, like everyone speak English. So yeah, I get. I, I, I absolutely agree with what you say about like the the competition is really like I think tougher in in the UK than in France, but at the same time it's really exciting because it's it's for us it works in both ways right for us as well it's like it opens like many many opportunities to work with very different uh, people partners to help us grow so it's like yeah it's really different. Of course, and I think that that's actually a good link to my second question. But I think that you mentioned that when you arrived there, uh, you know, like in the UK, when you took charge, I would say, of the UK market, there was already some business done, right? Yeah. You had already a few clients. So could you perhaps first to understand, share a little bit about some numbers, you know, so that we understand maybe how many customers you guys have, the turnover that's currently generated, or if you or that was generated back in the day before you, you took over the UK market? Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, sorry, you, you're right. I am not the country opener. I am the country manager now, but um, Fabrice, one of the co-founders of Theodo, was the country opener in 2015. So when I joined, the company was already existing. Um, we were between 40 and 50 people. I don't remember exact, the exact number. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a turnover approximately around like six and, or seven million pounds. Okay, with different clients from startups to corporates. So, um, yeah, the 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 the, the comp- I joined the company that was already existing, and the challenge for me was was the scale. So basically, the zero to one, well, not, not the zero to one, but you could say like the zero to like forty fifty, has been made by Fabrice first, and then uh, previous CEOs, which is I think very different from then scaling it's it's an, it's another game so first you open a country you are you need you need to learn a lot of things and then when you the country is open then you need to scale the country and i think you don't need the, the same skills and the same thinking to tackle these two challenge for everyone to uh, understand so you said that once you arrived there there was already in the uk the 6 to 7 million pounds that were that was generated is that like? Can you tell us a little bit more about your business model? Is that annual recurring revenue? Was it or is that just like a one shot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are we are a professional service firm. So we are not a SaaS. We are not a product company. So the business model is very different for, for, from 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 SaaS or from product you could have in your podcast. Um, it's basically it's not it's not recurrent. It's like companies work for us. I mean, it's not recurrent. Which it could be, but it's not. It's not. It's the business model is like you come to Theodore UK to build a product that you need mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. You will work with us. We will help you build the tech you need. For that time, you're going to pay for the time spent for from from people of Theodore UK, 
And then when the product is done and we like transferred the knowledge of the product to our client, we go. And then the the, re- the revenue stop. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as any firm, we want to have kind of like visibility for the future. Yeah. So the more the more recurring revenue you have, the better. But it's not gonna. It's not, it's not a subscription model. Not of course. course. So when you have a client, what you will try to do, if it makes sense for the client, is to see if like there is other needs where we can help and try to to keep working with the clients on the long term. But yeah, to answer your question, like the business model is more like time spent revenue than subscription model. Okay, so it was to clarify so that everyone, you know, can uh, understand it, obviously. So um, you're, you know, trying to have like some repeated business for the same customer. So when you arrived, so that was, uh, you know, like those six, seven million Um, you had like about 40 to 50 employees. So great. And what was the, you know, like, so you talk about like the lead generation model, like how did you generate business back in the day? Did you use, you know, your like French clients to try to expand in the UK and have business there? Or like, did you start everything from scratch? Like what, what was the ideas there? Very good question. That uh, it was, I've heard many, I've heard many when I'm, when I talk about like country openers, it's usually one of the things Uh, you told to do it's use your actual clients in your like original country so for us France try to see if they have offices in the country you're opening and start by by there we've we've tried that we've done that we've we've had some uh, client that helped us launch in the UK um, that we were operating in France but mainly um Our business was, I mean, we had the ambition to really be a British company in London. So one thing we, we, we wanted to avoid was just to work remotely from London for French clients. So we've done that a little bit, but the priority was to understand how to win UK clients. And in our business, I mean, in our industry, I would say, in the uh, professional service firms, mm-hmm. the, um, the go-to-market is through networking. So you need to understand where are the decision makers on your business you, you want to help with your, with your products and get to know them. So meet people in London, meet British company and start by like selling your first project like this. And do you have, I mean, I know you weren't there, but do you have maybe a few examples so for you specifically for your case? Like what were the kind of networks you went into? Uh, was it, you know, were there some events, you know, that that you picked up that you managed uh, to say, yes, this is where we are going to find those, those decision makers? Yes. So again, I was the entrepreneur. Okay, so uh, I'm just telling stories of uh, probably like Fabrice and then Nicola, uh, did so you have like you you start by the networks of like you can start by like the french ceos in the uk so it's the first community you can get it and then as we, as we are a tech tech firm the whole like tech community in london is like a uh, huge and very dynamic so you have these kind of uh, meetups where people from the tech world gather and discuss problems technologies 
and we joined these kind of meetups. We even created one. To, nice. Yeah, to, to you know, to become on one specific technology, which, which is called React Native. We created one to like start to be identified as experts in our mm-hmm. fields. So it's a mix of like business decision makers. You'll find them in like the community of like CEOs or people from your schools, from your uni that you can talk to and that are like living and working in London. And then the tech decision makers are more in uh, these kind of meetups I was describing mm-hmm. around like one specific technology. Okay, clear. So as you said, it was trying to find like the quick wins, trying to build some influence networks. That That's how the country opening team right before you, you know, like start doing business. So you arrived in the UK and actually let's rewind, you know, to that day uh, you actually arrived there the first time. What's your action plan then? Because, you know, you're in charge of the scale part now. So how do you like, how do you plan to scale Theodore in the UK? Well, Uh, <laughs> my plan, my plan. I wish I had one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but like, yeah, no, honestly, and it's probably interesting for um, if people were, that are listening to us um, that are about to launch a country or, or uh, manage a country. Uh, my first advice is to arrive and listen and look and don't try to make up a plan before spending some time on the field in the country you will be managing. Because, of course, I had some plans. I, I, I had some ideas, some intuitions from both what I've heard about what the UK uh, was doing when I was in France and also because, like, I was managing Théo de France. So I was like, okay, I probably can use some things I learned um, back there. And I probably made made a mistake that many, many, many country or managers do is like trying to too much copy paste what you know how to, what, what you know um, in your previous country. So first, I, sp- I spent the first months um, talking to people, listening a lot, which was quite hard for me because I, I love to talk. So I was like, I need to shut <laughs> so up and listen, you know. And uh, hours of me understanding the mood Uh, what the what the, the the Theodores in the UK were, were experiencing, and try to I would say deconstruct yeah. my my beliefs. It took me some time, and then of course you do a plan. Uh, you do a plan on like okay, how are you going to go from 50 to 100? Because this is what I what we now we we need to learn. So there, it's a mix of it's a mix of two things I'd say. It's a balance of like staying excellent on the basics, on the things that made you succeed when you open the countries. So being good on the basics and also introduce some changes that will help you to go next step. So to be a little bit more specific and concrete. Basics. One of the things we do in Theodo, in the group worldwide, is to have like an absolute focus on client satisfaction, And when you're small, when you sign your first client, you cherish them. And also very like naturally, the leadership team, the founders, have a lot of time to spend on the first clients because the company is small. The question is like, how do you like keep on being very um, focused on client satisfaction and uh, 
keep the way you do your projects at the same level of expertise than the first ones done by the very the very founders. So to do this, um, we we're working with a team in the UK on what we call a dojo. Uh-huh. A dojo is a meeting that happens every week. It lasts forty minutes a week, where I look at a piece on a project, and as one of the founders of Theodore, well, Theodore France, but still like it's the same DNA, you know. Uh, I'm trying to um, to really uh, teach the basics. So the so so the company, even when it grows, has a strong foundation on. Um, on what it made, on why it became su- successful. So okay. this is like the first part. Like you want to scale, you need to keep the basics very high, and then you you also have the part I, I was I was talking about, which is like introduce some changes. Just right before you go to the second part, because what you said is just so interesting. You know, like your dojo meeting, and when you say teach the basics, like concretely, is that you? You know, like uh, actually teaching some stuff. You know that you that you have done like years ago when you were working for Theodo France to the UK people, or is that like a team that just is there for so long, you know, that they just diffuse all the learnings that has been gathered, you know, from the past few years? Yeah, very good question. Well, um, I've tried many things, but um, I think the way it works best is when it's really the founders okay. that are doing the dojo. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big investment because as a manager you always ha- you always have good reasons not to spend some time on training others uh, you have like a client to call you have a problem to solve blah 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 you have like many many things to do like everyone so but every week you're forced on like not forced because I, I'm, I'm very happy to do it but like you are very rigorous on like I need to spend some time on explaining the basics and and probably if you if you want me to say a little bit more about the dojo it's not yeah. really cool. It's not, it's not a course like I speak for uh, 40 minutes and people are listening to me and pretending uh, that it's interesting. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> uh, it, it's not that. It's it's um, me uh, showing some uh, pieces and the the audience is really like active in the dojo, and they I will I will ask them is is this kind of is is the piece I'm showing is okay or not okay? If not okay, why? So like. The audience is really active, but I am the one explaining why it's okay or why it's not okay. And sometimes, you know, I'm, 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 when I explain things, I go back to even the vision or why we exist. So it's, it's, it's also a great moment for strengthening the culture and, um, and give a sense of like we are all part of one company and why it exists. So, yeah, it's really, really important in the scale strategy to keep to keep investing on these moments on like s- explaining the basics. To, to be honest, I, uh, I think it's so powerful uh, because you're like the key person, right? Uh, in the UK and by showing your, you know, like 50, 60, 70, uh, et cetera, like employees that you're still committed every week to just, you know, this like cultural moments, things where you actually share the, the vision. I think that's, that's a great takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, the dojo are open publicly, and sometimes we have some people. In, uh, so, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to, to go and see, please come. There you go. Uh, I'm gonna put Caroline's uh, LinkedIn on the uh, on the d- description of the episode. So, if you want to check out, uh, you can just uh, yeah. 
<laughs> send a message to her. No, I'm doing them in Paris and in London. And, ah, uh, even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you can attend in both cities. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So to scale, don't forget the basics. And don't forget to always come back to the tiniest thing that you think are obvious, or actually they're not. And so spend some time on like teaching this. And also... Uh, that's that's the other part of like how do you, what's, what's my plan to scale so you also need of course to introduce some changes in the way you work like things you were not doing before and you need to learn and start to do and well I have many ideas but like probably to share um, to share one is um, when you scale you're starting to have managers in your company so when you, when you do the one the, the zero to one, basically the managers are the founders. So you don't really have to worry about how you're going to scale the skills of management. Mm-hmm. When you grow and when you want to go to 100, you're basically going to have 20 managers in your company, and you need to have a specific strategy to ena- enable these people to be performing and happy and understand the job. So to train the manager specifically. Um, give them a clear vision, a clear definition of the role and tools to enable them to have the right conversations with um, the people they're managing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's um, something very, very important. Um, and also, of course, the commercial, the sales part. So if you want to grow, you will probably, in my business, it's not the same in the SaaS industry, but in the professional service firm industry, you need to close bigger deals, basically. Mm-hmm. If you want to grow, you need to, to learn to yeah win win bigger contracts. Why? Because well, you could you could try to grow, and it's possible actually. You can like keep on signing a certain amount of deal. Let's say you close deals of like five hundred k. So this is what this is the kind of deal you know how to you, you know how to win, and it's cool. But if you want to go, if you want to grow very quickly. It's going to be very demanding on your sales team, very stressful. So you're going to have to learn, like, not only to close one deal, but, like, 10 deals of 500K to go to 500K to 5 millions. It's a lot of work because you have a certain, like, fixed amount of work for each deal that you can't really, uh, you know, uh, skip. If you learn to sign one one deal at 5 million, it changes completely the, the, the work you're doing. Because there's part of the job that is, like, the same, whatever the amount of the deal. So you're, like, saving times and saving a lot of money invested in the sales if you learn to, to, to win bigger deals. You see what I mean? Am I clear mm-hmm. on that? Yes, of course. So my question on that is how did you manage to close those, like, let's say, to, to take your example, bad, but, like, 500K deals to, you know, like, 1 million, etc. Like, how did you take your team there yeah, well, uh, so I, to be very uh, humble, we're still on the journey, you know, to learn. <laughs> so in, in in the UK, so uh, by the way, a, hu- a huge shout out to Kapil Pak and Toby that are like doing the journey uh, on on this. It's a it's a lot about like how to learn about to grow existing accounts, like doing account management. When you when you've closed a small project in an account that has potential, you need to understand how to bring value, more value to your client, that the client w- would like to be engaged with you more than just a small contract. 
So it's a lot about like understanding values. So to be very specific, we are training to uh, write icon plans, which are documents mm-hmm. where you display the vision of the vision of the client, his his or her challenges, the roadmap, the kind of like expertise we have that could help them challenge this and like try to like have higher level conversations with your clients to become like one of like, I would say a business partner with your clients. Mm -hmm. And then you get like some bigger opportunities. Okay. So focusing on the expand part, right? Because like there's always like this like land and expand kind of strategy. So now focusing really on the expansion of like every account whenever there's the potential, of course. Yeah, so this is one part. ID number one is expand your accounts. And ID number two should be uh, win the, f- the right accounts. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, you, you, there, is, there is a notion of like good turnover and bad turnover. It's, it's a little bit like uh, simplistic to say this way, but like, as a, as a CEO or as a leader, you could consider that any turnover you do is good for your company. But it's actually not true. And it's it's an idea that I really love. It's like good turnover is the turnover you make on clients, uh, on clients that are preparing your next year or the year after. What does that mean? If you If you make turnover on a client that well, you're not learning anything, it's like your comfort zone, or uh, you, you know that there is not a lot of potential. It's not bad in itself. It's okay. You need some. But if 100% of your turnover is only on this kind of, of, of clients, you have a problem for the future. So when I say w- win the right accounts, is to try to enter in accounts where you know there's going to be some growth potential for the next five years. And what's interesting is that usually these clients are not the ones that come naturally to you because they are, they are probably on like bigger projects, more strategic progress, pro- projects, and you need to be where the conversation is happening. They won't like, no one is going to write on your website, hey, um, I'd like to do a complete digital transformation. Can you help me? It, it doesn't happen this way. The kind, of, the kind of deals that come naturally to you will be probably smaller. And like, uh, so... So how do you get there? That's that's the burning question, right? Yeah, so, so how do you get there? So you, you, need, you need what we call in, 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 in Theodore, you need to have the right thought leadership, which means you need to have the right understanding of like what kind of problems, of strategic problems, are going to uh, be on the agenda of your clients and what solution, what smart solution you have. And it's like the, uh, it's very theoretical what I'm saying. I'm probably gonna gonna give an example afterwards. Uh, but it's like, it's when a problem and a solution meets where you can have like very interesting um, projects when, very interesting clients and then do what I call good turnover. And what is what is also interesting is like spontaneously your teams are a little reluctant to sign this kind of clients. 
because the skills, because they're going to need to develop some skills. The, compa- the company, to win this kind of client that are preparing your growth, you will need to change. You will need to learn new things. And they're like it's going to demand energy. It's going to demand an effort. And so it's always kind of a, you know, a challenge for the company to, to win this kind of clients. If you only sign the clients that come naturally to you because you have an expertise and like it's easy for you to do this expertise and like do it, it's fine. It's really fine. I mean, I don't have, it's okay. You need to say yes to this client, but be careful or just not doing it. So this is why like we know we were discussing the scale strategy. So if you really want to scale and become like twice bigger, three times bigger than you are, you will need to reach new markets and then go for these new clients. And and for you, like, do you do you have like an, an example of the two types of clients, you know, where, where like you said, okay, like actually like this one is more like our country opening period. And this one really represents, you know, everything that we've done so far, just in, in the way you, you want that new clients, like what did you have to do that you didn't do previously? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I, I can't really disclose the names of the client, but I can explain the, the different context. So yes, basically, um, what we know very well to do is like what we call M- what we call MVP. MVP means minimum viable products in tech. It's like V1 of a product that you want to launch to test your idea on the market. Usually, it's like it takes three months to develop an MVP. Mm-hmm. Then you launch it on the market and you see what happens. This is like our, our first expertise. This is how we went from zero to one in the UK. Okay. This is kind of expertise. Okay. Uh, so we had some client like this. The thing is like three months later, the project is over and you need to send another to keep like, you know, to keep ha- to, just to keep the company on. Um, at the same time, we have another client and his client, his problem is not to do an MVP at all because he's found his market feeds. He has a website on with like, it's an e-commerce website actually in the transportation industry. The website is on. Millions of euros are like, I don't know, like transferring through the website. Um, his issue is like, I want a bigger digital complete transformation of my IT and improve the way, improve my productivity and my speed as a tech leader in my industry. So it's like a very complex uh, project, which, which like implies to change many things at the clients. Out of curiosity, how did you find that client because was it an inbound one you know or actually like you know like through networking or whatever no it's 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 through partnerships actually nice partnership with the amazon uh, web services okay we have some big tech big tech like google or amazon partner with us because usually company come to uh, to them to to achieve their digital transformation but like Google or Amazon are just services. They don't do bespoke solutions. Yeah. So they they will call us to do the bespoke part. Okay. So this is how we, we, we found this client. And so yeah. it's really it's it's really like 10 times more difficult to do this project. But we know we have to learn to, to do this to like go bigger and like expand and expand Theodo in the UK. And if you only say on like the first type of client I've described, well. You can you can expand, but probably not at the same speed and uh, yeah, at, oh. at the same extent of well. And also, you know, if you keep on these kind of projects, the learning opportunities for your teams for the skilled at some point they are going to 
to be like to disappear. So you need also like to give people new challenges so they learn to so on the learning curve, you know, like they start with like V1 of products and then like five years later in their career, they're achieving like amazing amazing tech transformation. So they're not they're not learning the same thing. Amazing. So it was really packed with a lot of information. I'm just going to try to summarize it because, uh, you know, like so that yeah. everyone can, can follow us. But what you said is that basically your scale plan, uh, you know, that, uh, that you introduced was after a first period of just listening, talking to people, getting on the ground, understanding, you know, how the business worked. That was basically like the first thing you, you did, you know, when you arrived, you, you arrived there. Then the second is creating your plan. And in that, like to scale for you, there was two parts. The first one being staying excellent at the basics, as you said. And then you, you mentioned the, the dojo and how you stay really close to your team uh, during that meeting to just diffuse, you know, everything related to the foundation Uh, and the vision of the of the company, and the second part for you, where you more introduced specificities that are linked to this uh, scale uh, phase, where you said that one way was to expand your current account, so you landed, and now how can I actually grow them, uh, take more business, you know, uh, uh, from them and 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 with them, you know, like by uh, just supporting the, the, their own growth, and the second part where you said that it's all about winning the right accounts. So, and in there, it's trying to, to define, I would say, how can you reach, you know, like those like bigger deal sizes. And if that means that maybe you have to change a little bit. Uh, so in your case, you know, like the, the type or the, the type of offers, you know, or services that you offer, but for some other products slash SaaS companies, maybe you could take about like another product or another way, you know, to like go mainstream for the vision. That's basically like your strategy to really try to go to the next stage. Amazing. I was clear. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, maybe just like one question I had, like uh, how long have you been now in the, in the UK for? Eight months. Eight months. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit early, but have you seen, you know, some like progress even in terms of like numbers compared to where you were when you uh, actually arrived there the first time? Still too early, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We need to talk like in in two in two years to tell me to tell you if like I was. Uh... Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so I'm just gonna move to the last part of our interview, which is the oops, my bad time. Whoops, my bad. For those who don't know, the oops, my bad time is a few minutes at the end for the guest to share a big mistake or a setback that has occurred during the country's opening mission so far. Caroline, do you have maybe an example in mind specifically you wanted to share with everyone today? Oops, my bad time. I, wow, yeah, I have many. <laughs> It's probably linked to what I said at the beginning about the copy-paste tendency of any country opener that comes from the corporate world. So it's like when you open a new country, you, you of course, you're, you're relying on what you've learned before. It's natural, it's human. But when I joined, I was really probably too much referring to how how we were doing things in France. And the thing is, like, you do that because you think it's going to help your team to understand better what, you, what they should do or, like, what is the best practices. But actually, it has two uh, counterparts. The first part is, like, by always, or not always, but, like, by too often referring to another country like the opening country is going to feel a little bit bad, like, okay, like these guys are perfect and we are not. And like, it's like, it creates some um, negativity that is absolutely not, you know, you, you're not doing this because you want them to feel this way, but like this is, this is what could happen. So 
be very cautious about like even 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 trying to use the standards you have in your in, in the first country you come from because it's probably partly irrelevant but partly irrelevant because the context is different the culture is different the people are different so yeah i would say my my oops my bad time was like i was uh speaking i remember i was like in front of the whole company and i i remember like without any introduction or like a background i started to talk about like something we were doing in france and i i, I could see in people's eyes they were just really not understanding why why i was doing this so a great great learning so now i'm like more about like building things with people of course we know we have we could have some help but it's um it's more learning journey a personal journey that everyone takes and that's i think that's more cool that's more inspiring that's more interesting so yeah mad bad bad time <laughs> well i'm 100% with you there i think that we when we first start you know by just going from our home country scope to you know like some any kind of international scope we all we all have that bias at the beginning of just assuming things are going to be the same and i guess the sooner you actually realize that it's not the better for the <laughs> the better for everyone Definitely. <laughs> but thank you so much Caroline for all your insight that you shared with us today I hope it was insightful for everyone and I will definitely uh, stay in touch with you to know what's happening in the next few years with Theodo in the UK have a good one yeah, thank you bye bye thank you so much bye thank you so much for listening until the end if you liked this episode don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon.